Welcome to Middle School Walk and Talk, a podcast series offering heart, hope, and help to members of our middle school communities. Take a walk with hosts Phyllis Bagel and Joe Mazza as they discuss self-care, student well-being, school culture, and more. Middle School Walk and Talk is designed to support the concepts found in the book, The Successful Middle School, This We Believe, and is a production of the Association for Middle Level Education. Learn more at amle.org. Today's episode, talking with students about the events of this past week. So this is being recorded on January 7th, 2021, um, the day after, um, I don't even know what to call those folks that stormed the Capitol. I've heard lots of different names. Um, you know, I don't want to call them rioters because it was much more than that. I don't want to call them just Trump loyalists. Um, you know, Phyllis, how, how did you describe these these people um, that went from the Trump rally um, to the Capitol and into the Capitol, you know, when you were talking with students today? You know, it's it's funny that you're struggling with the words because I think language is such a huge part of this and you can't call them protesters because they were breaking in and they were uh, tearing rooms apart and people got killed. And so to me, rioters does feel like the right term, uh, but it, like you said, it's so much more than that. It's this assault on democracy. It's just so hard to believe. And for uh, for my students and for teachers in my school, it unfolded right in front of us. I was just sharing the story with somebody in that AMLE panel that we just had about this. And there were lots of educators from around the country who were on that panel. When I was in my staff meeting yesterday, we're so close to what's going on that there was somebody on the Zoom, a middle school teacher who could literally hear the Trump supporters outside his window, you know, yelling and screaming. Yeah. It was that close to home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's what makes this harder to address than other things because the words do matter. And when we're talking to kids, when we're talking to our fellow faculty members, um, you know, especially our faculty members of color and our faculty members who might be Jewish and saw the Auschwitz camp um, hoodie, you know, that one of the people um, that was pictured, um, you know, was wearing. Um, you know, we, we addressed this this morning, you know, at our school. I, you know, I sent out a staff email uh, this morning just letting them know how I was going to proceed through the day, that I was going to be on the announcements and really kind of take it head on and, you know, let kids know that this is not okay. We don't think this is just another crazy thing that has happened during the last four years. Um, and that, you know, we, we care about you and we want to empower you to to be leaders, to ask questions, to get the facts. Um, you know, things are changing. Um, but I, I basically went through the timeline of what we knew. Um, I went to the new Sela website and they had, you know, five different Lexile levels of the story. Um, they moved pretty fast to get that up on their website. It was nice to see. Um, and really just called it out and, and, and challenged them to ask questions today, do a lot of listening, um, lead with kindness, compassion, respect. Um, and then, um, you know, moved on to, um, you know, supporting them throughout the day, checking in. You know, I sent the PTA the same, um, you know, message that I sent out to the faculty 
um, you know, let them know that we were addressing it head on and that the kids would come home asking questions. We had, you know, many fifth graders who hadn't heard about it quite yet. Um, but most of the, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth graders had at least had a conversation or saw some things on television, um, you know, with their parents, you know, the, the night before. And we ended the day with a, a faculty meeting for teachers just to check in on them, that whole, you know, putting the oxygen mask on yourself because people are hurting today. Yeah, it sounds like you created a lot of opportunities for people to process and come together. And I think it's comforting uh, simply for people to come together and to have others bear witness to their pain. And there were a lot of people in pain today, teachers and students alike, administrators too. And so I think that one of the challenges in this is that it's so multifaceted. You have the racism piece and certain people's identities are being attacked. You have the cultural piece, you have the historical context that you need to teach for kids who have varying backgrounds and different background knowledge. And then you have this discrepancy between what people are hearing at home. There are different political beliefs. There are parents who talk about it all of the time, parents who don't talk about it at all. And people who take it very personally, if somebody doesn't feel as upset about these events, perhaps, as they do. And so we're trying to balance supporting kids while getting ourselves to some kind of place of equilibrium. I know a lot of teachers were concerned that they didn't have the skills to walk kids through this. And one of the messages that I heard from students today that might be helpful for teachers who are listening to hear is that students don't expect teachers to have all of the answers. Even students recognize that this is such an outlier experience, such a crazy, crazy turn of events that they don't even expect us to be able to tell them what will happen next or why this happened. They simply want to have a space to talk about it. Or alternatively, I've had some students tell me they don't want to talk about it at all. And that falls into two categories. There are the students who don't want to talk about it because that's all that's being discussed at home and they want to break from it. They want to focus on school and have a distraction and they're just too upset to talk about it anymore. And then there are kids who just are a bit apathetic and this is not something that is consuming their thoughts the way it's consuming other kids' thoughts. And that is that line we have to walk, figuring out how to offer enough support without uh, having it uh, injure kids who really don't want to be marinating in it all day or who won't benefit from discussing it anymore. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the one of the more powerful things that I just heard you say was, you know, we don't have to have the answers. I think for a, as long as I can remember, you know, the the tougher things, the worldly things that happen that we don't, we're not ready for, um, that happened the day before, and then we have to go in and, you know, um, you know, do our, do our work with, with children and with, with staff. Um, you know, we don't have to have the answers. I think being real um, with kids and, and showing them that this is real and they don't have to, you know, know exactly what's going on. They need to be informed um, is powerful. You know, we, we, we try to give teachers the okay and give them the trust that, you know, you can move your curriculum to the side today. You know, that's important, but this is important. It's important that kids go home today and know that we absolutely, um, you know, feel like that was awful and we don't condone anything. And sadly, and I, and I rarely say sadly when it comes to like a, a teachable moment, it was a sad teachable moment last night. You know, I yeah. think if you, if you look at some of the, um, the peaceful protests that have been going on, 
um, Black Lives Matter. And if if a crowd like that went up to the Capitol and did what, there would have been a bloodbath. I, yes. I don't know how to explain it any more clear than that. My wife and I were talking about that last night and, you know, and after we leave this podcast recording, I go home and, you know, talk to my eight-year-old because I know he's going to come home from second grade with a lot more information than he went in with, you know, um, you know, this morning. But, you know, I, I hope that we can utilize this moment as yet another opportunity and an example of of what systematic racism is, you know, and, and we're focusing a lot on anti-racist education this year. And, you know, we're going back and we're talking about this and we're talking about the history, but it's right in front of us. And, um, you know, I come with my privileges of being a male, um, being a, a white male, you know, every day. And, you know, my, my children are, you know, they'll get to that point where we can have a deeper level of conversation there. But, um, you know, it, it, I don't want our students to miss that. And um, it, it's going to take some work. It's going to, we're going to have to continue to unpack this. Who knows what the next 12 days um, are going to look like prior to inauguration day. Um, but, you know, it, it, we've got to give ourselves the okay. And hopefully, you know, many of those of you listening um, were able to break that ice today if you hadn't before and, and continue to get to get deeper into these conversations. And lastly, you know, I, I think it's a real missed opportunity if we're not communicating with parents right now and really building that partnership together. Cause you know, yes, these are very difficult conversations, but you know, if kids are hearing from two trusted adults from, you know, from the home and the school side, there's a much greater chance that, um, you know, the kid is gonna feel not only safer, but, you know, more informed and, and more, in control, at least, of what the information actually is. Yes, and I think that the other really powerful thing that teachers can do that relates to that authenticity you were talking about, admitting what you don't know, is to share how they feel. And I, that's distinct to me from sharing political views. I think you can remain, uh, you can avoid uh, talking in a way that will get you in trouble with the school system while also sharing that you're upset and that you were shocked and that these events were upsetting to you. And I think there are, you know, these the, the questions kids are asking fall into several categories. And the one about the different ways people are treated at these types of protests is a huge and hard question to answer. But again, it goes back to systemic racism. Uh, I was relieved today when I was asked easy questions like, can you please tell me what sedition is and insurrection and what anarchy is? You know, there are so many words kids are hearing from the for the first time. And it's so sad to me, the language around all of this, because there really are, I didn't really hear any positive words today. It was all racism and anarchy and threat to democracy. And that is what we are just all marinating in right now. And while there are some kids who wanted to talk about it today, uh, there are others who don't, but might want to talk about it tomorrow or next week or next month or not at all. And figuring out how to make sure that we get the civics lesson in, that we uh, impart the values that we in our different communities hold and make sure that they understand what's going on and attend to their emotional needs. I think this is going to be a long haul, not even just, certainly not just the next two weeks, although the, although the next two weeks will be particularly difficult. 
Just let's talk a little bit about, you know, getting kids talking about this, you know, because I, I heard you say there's some kids just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to talk about it. It's all everyone's talking about. Maybe their parents were talking about it a lot. Maybe they just are are scared, you know, and, and that's kind of their way of like getting it off, you know, to the side. I often look at tolerance.org you know, as a, a go-to resource, you know, as we talk about equity conversations and whatnot. And, um, you know, they, they shared a, a, a variety of different essential questions, um, you know, for, for us to think about as educators and whatnot. And I shared them with, uh, with our staff earlier and, and they are, um, what do you think about the events that took place at the U.S. Capitol yesterday? Uh, what would you like to know more about or understand about the events that happened yesterday at the Capitol? How do different people or groups of people represent and express their power? What does use of power look like? What does a just use of power look like? What basic freedoms are required by a just society? When might one person's freedom violate another's freedom? And lastly, how do you think we can all stay safe during this time? And what should we do? Wow, those are great questions. You know, one of the challenges working with middle schoolers and that that particular way of talking about it addresses is it, it gives some emotional distance. So they're not having to really dwell on their own feelings, which could feel a little bit intrusive. We also can use articles. We can use other sources and ask them how the people who are depicted in those sources might feel. I think those are really effective ways to get middle schoolers talking. Uh, it also, particularly with younger middle schoolers, can help to give them some prompts. You know, if I had to pick one word that describes how I feel, or if you, if you could describe in a, one phrase the kind of culture you want to create in your school, what would it be? Or I hope my classmates will, or I most want to know about, and just give them a chance to make it easy for them to contribute to conversation. And something else that came up today with my students is how hard it is to contribute during virtual learning and how intimidating it is to speak up in a Zoom room during virtual learning. And so I think we need to be really thoughtful about what we're doing to ensure that all voices are heard, uh, whether we are giving everybody an opportunity in a very intentional way, uh, they can pass and we can go back to them at the end one more time just to make sure that they've had a chance to speak. But one of the frustrations that students sometimes share with me and not just in this situation is that they get to the end and realize they never said what they wanted to say. And, and they needed an assist to make that happen. Yeah, and I, I think that the, the culture of our classrooms, and, you know, we've been in schools since the first day of school. Um, you know, I think there's schools all over the country that have either been out the whole time or they're just returning this week, um, you know, and, and everything in between. And, you know, that that's an added layer of challenge for teachers this year is to have these intimate conversations, um, serious conversations, um, when, you know, talking online is really hard. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not natural. All of us are excited to get back to teaching in a classroom and not on a, on a screen. But, um, you know, I, I think it's important to know that, you know, tomorrow's another day, you know, and, and we had a lot of conversations today. We maybe started, maybe we broke the ice, um, kids will go home tonight and, you know, have conversations with their parents, um, you know, and, and maybe they'll watch, you know, news agencies, you know, in the uh, roundtable, 
you know, we, we shared one of the a media bias uh, chart and that's been super helpful for our school and our teachers. Um, it just knowing where you are, you're on the left, you're on the right, are you somewhere in the middle? You know, where do you typically, you know, um, get your media from? Um, you know, I, I annoy folks at home by going to four different channels, you know, in 10 minutes, just to kind of see, you know, okay, this is the story, what happened? How are these people, you know, portraying it? Um, here and there, but you know, the, this relationship based culture, you know, the secret of the universe relationships, you know, it comes back to that safe space, you know, that we're building for, um, these conversations in our classrooms. And, you know, I think we've got to be ready to, you know, answer questions and, and not have the answers, but help them. Okay. Well, that's a great question. How might we, um, you know, get to, you know, understand more about that. You know, I think you hit the words insurrection, um, coop. Um, what are some of these other words? Uh, sedition. You know, these are, these are words. I don't, I don't use big words. You know, <laughs> uh, I may have gone to, you know, uh, you know, Ivy League school, but you know, it wasn't because of my vocabulary or whatnot. So, you know, Merriam Webster, um, you know, has definitions of, of some of these things. And, um, maybe we'll put that as a footnote in the, in the, the podcast uh, notes, but, you know, I, words do matter. And, and, um, you know, I think that's a, another a piece to take out of this and, you know, um, you know, how do we let kids and empower them to lead in this time? You know, that's, that's yeah. where I want them to be. You know, I want them to be feeling like they are, you know, just truth detectives, you know, with all of this and, and knowing not only where to look, but, but, um, what that means and, and helping others that may not, have the knowledge or may not have been interested, not have the wrong story, you know, the microcosm of the dinner table with the family, um, you know, so to speak with all the differing um, viewpoints. So where do we, where do we go from here? You know, I think we want to make sure that we are, and we know how important that is to middle schoolers, but we are giving them a sense that we're giving them a sense of agency. Some of our students today sent letters to Officer Robinson, who is the beloved carpool officer at our school and who was working at the Capitol all day yesterday. This is an opportunity for kids to advocate for a cause that they care about, maybe to write a letter to a government representative about a policy. Uh, it's also, I think, important that we are doing what we can to instill some hopefulness. I talk a little bit about the power of and, you know, this idea that we can have two competing ideas uh, that we hold at once. And so it might be, yes, violent demonstrators were stoking fear, they were threatening democracy, and this terrible situation is a reminder to all of us that being a citizen requires playing an active role in ferreting out the truth. It doesn't it's not just about passively ingesting news. That's just not enough. And just making sure that we're pointing to the positives to the progress we're making. It's it's not all 10 steps back today. You know, we have official word that we have the first Jewish and the first black senator in the state of Georgia. And so making sure that the positives don't get lost amid all of the negatives. And we're, we're all wired to remember the negative and to sit with the discomfort of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm a about to drive home and you know you're out of the you know the the school area where you're not with teachers and you're not looking out for you know everyone else and and you know it's time to think about you know you and and how you're processing things and you know um you know just just be good to yourself you know um you know it's a it's been a challenging year um i think all of us came back and felt like okay i, I got a little bit of rest over the break 
Um, I'm, you know, ready to kind of jump into January. We've got a, you know, inauguration day coming up. There's changes coming in and then boom, you know, this happens and all of us are staying up probably really late again tonight. Um, yeah. you know, watching, you know, what else is going on. And, um, I think it's going to be an interesting time over the next couple of weeks, you know, and I know we've said that a thousand times, you know, um, recently, but, um, just, just hang in there at this moment, you know, can be a defining moment for us as, you know, educators and, and really continuing to solidify that bond, you know, with our students and, um, there will continue to be tough conversations. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, in a way, it, it's a prideful moment that you're an educator right now. You know, it was the one thing. I, it was hard to go to bed last night with everything going on, but I also felt this sense of I get to go and help people through this. I get to go and like help kids process something awful that just happened in our country. Um, because who else? You know, we're we're educators. We get to do this work. Yeah, it's that you know the power of your why. And I agree with you, our kids are really only going to thrive if we're doing reasonably well. I might have said that if we're thriving, but I don't think anyone is thriving right now. I think reasonably well might be as good as it gets. And I agree with you, everyone needs to do what they can to take care of themselves. Turn off the news, get, go to sleep, or put yourself on a news diet where you only check it one hour a day. It will still be there. It will be still be unfolding. You can still catch up. But I think we need to pace ourselves and make time for recovery or we will not be able to be there for students. It is only January too. You know, we have a, a big chunk of the school year left. Yep. We're not halfway there yet. Phyllis, we were not walking. We were talking. We were oh, you owned up to it. It is too through. cold and dark here. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. But um, I can't wait to record our next uh, podcast because uh, I've got to tell you all about our Peloton group of teachers Oh my gosh, can't wait. I've been <laughs> rocking it organically. So um, we'll be, uh, I'll be biking and talking uh, next time that we, we chat together. So, Sounds great. Thank you for making the time. We'll talk thank to you, you too. Bye.